You're listening to Creativity Quest, hosted by me, author and writing mindset coach, Carrie Schaefer. Join me and my guests on our quest to ditch our doubts, dance with our demons, and delve into creative delight. Creativity Quest is owned and copyrighted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Now, let's get creative. Hey, creative people, this is Carrie Schaefer back with another episode of Creativity Quest. Um, today, I am super excited to have an unusual guest with us. Well, not that she's necessarily unusual, although, well, yeah, because she's unusual in the awesome sort of unique way of creative people. But our guest today is not an author. We have Terry Clark Linden with us, who um, I met because she has been the voice talent for my last three Lake Union audiobooks. Terry is also an actress and just a really super cool, fascinating, and interesting person. So she's agreed uh, to be with us a little bit here today. Hey, Terry, thanks for being here. Hi, Carrie. Thank you for having me. That was a great introduction. Unusual I, I, is, um, is, yeah, that's one of my descriptive uh, <laughs> words for myself, one of my adjectives, I think. Unusual, unique, you know, different something. Yeah, so that's good. That's all good. This is cool. These are all my favorite people. So, um, Terry, can you tell us just a little bit more? I don't have the usual bio for you that I often do, and I probably could have tracked one down, but I thought it would be fun um, for you to just tell our listeners about yourself a little bit. So, I know you do audiobooks, and you do movies, and just um, tell us a little bit about your uh, creative um, professional stuff, and then later maybe we can talk about some unprofessional creative stuff as well when we get. To oh that. yeah, okay, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, you you pretty much hit it on the head. Um, I am a professional, meaning kind of not only state of mind, or I try to be anyway, but member of um, the Performers Union SAG-AFTRA, and I have been a couple decades now. Um, starting back with going to University of uh, Roosevelt University in Chicago for theater. And so I kind of started my creative journey, like many do, finding you have a theater program in high school, you go to college, you want to be an actress. That was kind of my path starting in Chicago. Um, and that morphed into uh, just branching out into all areas of performing where I could try to make a living anyway. Um, kind of eventually, you know, stage to on-camera stuff and then voiceover behind the microphone. I did a lot of, um, I landed back in the Detroit area where I'd also grown up, um, my parents and all of that, but um, did a lot of um, commercials, radio commercials, television commercials and all of that. Um, and then that sort of morphed into audiobooks about 10 years ago. I... Uh, there was a guy, um, well, there still is a guy. He hasn't died or anything. Uh, he's, his name is David Doty. And he's the, the owner and the creator of a website called Assistive Media, and it's a website for the blind. And he lives in the Ann Arbor area. And so through him, I started narrating, volunteer narrating through him, um, for him. And the the audiobook company, you, you know, um, because they're the ones that produce the books that, that I narrated that were your books, um, you know, Closer Home and and I Wish You Happy and Whisper Me This. Uh -huh. um, 
Brilliance Audio. They're in Grand Haven, Michigan. And so I was about a two-hour drive, and they were the first audiobook producer I worked with. And about 10 years ago, it was, you, you go on site, um, you're in the booth, and they're on the other side of the glass, there's an engineer who is recording you, um, there was a director I would work with, who pretty much the same scale of pay that I was making would make the same for, you know, just directing and making sure all the pronunciations, he basically did all the research for the book. Um, you know, kind of like making sure the performance was staying on track, voices staying on track, energy, stuff like that. And then Brilliance Audio, and they, they still do this. They, um, they do all the editing and the proofing and, and all of that. And they've got their own um, um, distribution warehouse. Right. Um, because right. Still they, they, they put everything on MP3s. And so that, that's brilliant. And that's where I began. Um, oh, well, I, you know, I want to walk you all the way back here for a minute because what you said yeah, yeah, yeah. so cool. So you started doing audiobooks as a, as a volunteer thing, reading for the blind? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that I did, is, and the website is still up, yeah. yeah and I, I did that, you know, basically it's just periodicals and things like that that, that um, you know, the, the guy who, who runs it and owns it would, would give us a choice, you know, volunteers uh -huh. of what would you like to record. And, and it was just in a little room with a microphone and cassette tape and just stopping and starting and, and doing that. So, that's, but I already had voiceover experience. So, it was cool. oh, so by the time you were doing that, you were already doing voiceover stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. and I, I'm, I'm really, now, now I just, you know, I have all kinds of questions. So that's the <laughs> Going going all the way back to the I'm fascinated by theater. I I I grew up in a um, religion that wasn't really well. I don't know. Not that we were totally opposed, but they, we just didn't really get into it. You know, I mean, there were a few little sure. school plays, and I still have this remembrance of you know when I was uh, probably middle school. My aunt took me to a community theater production of it would have been um, a Helen Keller play actually. And um, oh, nice. I still remember so clearly just being absolutely just fascinated and sucked in by the screen, by the, by the set and the, the way things work together and the play and the acting. And I just totally fell yeah. in love with it just right immediately, you know, square one. Unfortunately, we did not have at my school any sort of theater. So I kind of came to anything to do with that a, li a little late for me. But um, so yeah, you, yeah. You, you started your career actually um on on stage then in in theater productions yeah well that that's the first love and it's still it still really is um i think you're talking about a miracle worker is that the play yeah yeah the yeah that's the one yep. yeah yeah i've never seen that live i've always wanted to i've just seen um the movies um you know that have come out but right. pretty much i think the same time you were seeing that is when i was in uh, junior high and there was a theater class seventh grade and eighth grade there was a class and then in eighth grade I did my first full-length play and I'm an only child so I think you know that only child um you just that kind of, well first I have like the gene I think that performer gene that's just like you know that goes hand in hand with my only childness which is a child <laughs> probably still is was like oh look at me look at me look at me look at me look 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 you know it's audience audience and, and so I did this play and 
after all the parents, I just remember everybody coming up and saying, oh, you were so great. And I looked at my parents and, and literally it was like in a, in a movie or something, walking out to the parking lot to the car. And I just announced, I said, this is what I want to do. This, wow. is it. this is what I want to do. And I think it's such a blessing in a way, not that, not that, um, you know, it was, it, it was necessarily acting or anything that I honed in on, but just to be 14 and to have something that I knew that I could connect something in myself with an actual vocation, you know, and just go, that's what I want to do in my life because it gave me incredible focus all through high school. Cause high school for me, college for me really was just, you know, about social because that's my, that's the, that's the gene. That's the, you know, <laughs> it was all about, you know, socializing and, and am I wearing the right thing? And, you know, do I have a boyfriend and, you know, my friends and, and, and I, I really, that coupled with the fact that I, because of the Ohio, I was born in Ohio, I'm actually back in Ohio, but that's another thing that, you know, the whole like, uh, when you start school, there's like an age cutoff thing. And my birthday is October 4th. And so I like just missed the cutoff for starting school when I was five. So I ended up starting school like kindergarten right when I turned six. So I was always like the oldest in the class. And because of that, I think I was able to not have to struggle or work so hard at grades and like, you know, B plus was always good enough for me. Like that was just <laughs> never my purview to get straight A's. And I think because I had that focus at an early age, like this is what I want to do. And I felt good about it. I felt like, oh, I can do this. And I felt confident in it, that it just gave me, you know, focus to get through school and, and, um, you know, the support of family always helps, too. It, it, it helps. I want to go to college, you know, and go, go to theater and that kind of a thing. So, right. I, I, yeah. I really believe, though, Terry, I mean, it's such a blessing when we do figure out our creative side and connect with yeah. that early like you did. I think, you know, there are so many people who have a creative streak and have put it on hold. And, you know, yeah, spent most yeah. of their lives doing other things. And we, we get, I did that for a little too long myself. We're, we feel unfulfilled and, you know, restless and wandering and, um, you know, having that, that creativity to, to just be part of our lives. It makes everything different and better, I find. Um, I don't know yeah, what your experience yeah. has been with that. Well, and just to have that outlet in the school system, because sure. there's so many schools over the years where the arts have just been cut. Right. Um, and my, my son goes to a STEM school right now, which is really a good fit for his personality. He's going into the high school aspect of it. He's been in the middle school there for two years. Um, he's going into high school this coming fall. Uh, but it's um, even at the STEM school, uh, the singer John Legend is from Springfield, Ohio, where my son's school is. And the school is in this building that's really old, but, but it's been renovated into a couple different venues, one including the STEM school. And there's this gorgeous old theater that John Legend gave money to to have rebuilt called the John Legend Theater. And even in my son's school, they do a high school play, a musical, every year and give the kids an opportunity um, and here, here they are, they're, they're doing a, a play. I told my son, I said, you know how lucky, I hope you realize you are at your age to be able to be in a facility like this, to be doing your play, right. <laughs> doing a play, but you know, it's, it's, you know, and nothing against 
high school cafeterias, gyms, I mean, wherever, you know, art can be done, art can be done. But it's, it's just like, wow, you know, it's, it's not lost on me how lucky I was to have a, a school system when I was growing up in Troy, Michigan, that, you know, didn't cut theater and drama out of its um, regular program out of its, you know, it was, it was an elective, but it was an elective. It was part of the school day. It was a class. It wasn't just, you know, something you sign up for. You have to look for, you know, something in your uh, church or community or, you know, something like that. Um, For kids like me who we need that, you know, we need that outlet or tangible arts or creative writing, uh, writing groups, um, which my son's English teacher also has available. They do a, it's an outside pen to paper group that she has outside of class for for her students who really have that creative writing gene and they go to competitions and all this stuff. Wow. So, that, that is, that uh, is really cool. And what about you? Did yeah. you, um, outside of theater, do you have any, you know, any other creative sort of sides to you that you like to do as well? Well, um, so outside of, I guess, just, you know, the whole work aspect, because, you know, it went from theater to like on camera and the audiobooks. I mean, I just, there's so much with this just in my work that's creative. But I think, I think um, it kind of bleeds out into things like I, I have this avid love for old stuff, just anything old history. Um, I minored in history um, in college. And, and we've got this great 970 acre preserve uh, where I live in Yellow Springs, Ohio. And it's really historical. And there's all these, like, you can go find old foundations or know where, you know, a mill used to be or where, you know, a house or an old hotel used to be. Um, And so I've, I've been known to just dig creatively into what is where and, and collect all kinds of data and present it to the community or even lead, um, excuse me, historical hikes, which I, I really enjoy. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so, and it, and it's not so much a tangible, I'm not a painter or anything. I, I do write, but it's nothing. I get in my own way. I'm, I, uh, you know, I'm not confident in my writing, so it's more just personal, personal uh-huh. writing. Although I, I do always say, Oh, one day, one day <laughs> I'll, you know, write a memoir and I'll narrate the audio book, you know, one day, you know, that kind of a thing. But, so, so journaling kind of stuff for, for you then as far as writing goes? Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 Well, journaling you know, and, yeah. Here, here's the thing I always tell people who say things like that one day with the writing is, you know, where you yeah. start is you just start. <laughs> you just start. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, start. We, we don't, most of us writers do get in our own way a fair bit. Is that something that happens with, um, you know, with your, with your movie roles and your audiobooks and all that sort of thing as well? Is that, is that a place where you find that you kind of get in your own way and have to find a way around that too? Or does that not happen? Oh, that's a great question. Um, it's actually kind of a, a mindfulness that I try to keep so that I don't, because I do believe that we are our biggest obstacles, you know, in oh, life. Yeah. It's, our, it's ourselves. Just with anything, I think anyone, you know, no matter what career or, you know, where you are in life, you, you could just say, yeah, that's absolutely right. It's, um, you know, it's, it's, our, it's our negative ego. It's, it's our, uh, our judge, you know, of ourselves. 
um, where we get, you know, lack of confidence or I can't, um, you know, and, and I, I really with the stuff that, that I've been doing so long, you know, for a living and, and um, I really try to be mindful not to do that. So like with auditions, for example, uh, you know, not trying to second guess myself, always, always trying to do a take um, and honor my instincts kind of first and foremost, and then, you know, play around with maybe outside the box possibilities. Um, and, that's, and that's what I teach too. I, I teach um, pretty informally, but I, I do teach voiceover uh, to students a lot of beginning people, people like probably with writing when they talk to you that are always interested in voiceover and, you know, narr- audio narr- book narrating or character cartoon or, you know, what is it, what is it to be a voiceover? And I'm, I'm kind of that person that'll give them an overview and then dive into, you know, a little more like what it takes. It's not just having a nice voice and you enjoy reading to your kids and you set up a recording studio, you know, <laughs> there's, there's like a lot more to it. Um, so, Terry, just real quick, just so this doesn't slip away, if there was somebody who did want to work with you on voiceover, is there a process or a contact that we could, you know, let people know how they would um, go about getting a hold of you for that? Oh, yeah, sure. That's, that's really kind. Um, actually, just through my website, you could contact me the easiest. Um, there's a page on there, it's, uh, and it's just my name. TerryClarkLinden.com. Okay. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram and pretty much yeah. all of that. Um, you know, and so just Facebook, any any of those those places will, you know, we can reach out. Right. Yeah. And and guys, Terry is like super approachable, very, very friendly online and social media. Um they, <laughs> it's it's Thank funny you. because when you when you narrated my first book for me, I I was um well, I'd been published a few times, but it was, you know, I was new with Lake Union. I was newly Carrie Ann King. I was used to being Carrie Shaper. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, no, um, yeah I, I was looking at all those. I was like, are there audio on those books? Did she do audio on those books too? Because that was new to me recently. I didn't connect those dots. So I was like, oh my gosh, there's more stuff out there. Yeah. yeah. I'm like looking and going, you know, when you get to look inside the cover. You know, and I'm like, oh, this is all I like. Yeah, because you honestly, and this is not blowing smoke, you are one of my favorite voices um, to narrate. Oh. I mean, you just, I just, I just feel it's such a, it's such a close voice to my own. Um, your character, your protagonist, they end up, I just relate. It's like it just fits um, within, you know, my performance purview within, within my voice. And so... Yeah, so it's just it's fun for me to discover that there's more out there. Oh, oh, lovely! Thank you. That 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 is so oh, um, so delightful. So, um, where where I was going to go with that? I I was a little originally is like, wow, my voice narrator is talking to me <laughs> online. Oh. <laughs> we're all super friendly, and you know, then then we had some conversations, and it's just right, um, right. I love the way creative people come together to make a product. That's one of the really cool things about audiobooks, I think, is because it, it then isn't just the author. It's also, yeah. you know, what you bring as the narrator to the voice in the story. And then we create something together that's some, a little bit new and different. Um, right. Kind, kind right. of like I, 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 I touched I, on a really important thing, too. 
Yeah, sort of like how I assume a screen, uh, you know, like a, a movie goes together, which I've never been part of, but um, you know, I think we're all fascinated by. I don't know any author who doesn't want her book to be a movie. <laughs> so, yeah, right, right, of course. Of even course, though yeah. we, we hate the movies when we see them, I, I don't know. So I have to ask you this. It's like every time one of my favorite books get made into a movie, I just run to the run to the theater as soon as I can to watch it and then I complain bitterly the whole time, right? <laughs> Viking right, always looks right. at me and goes, why are you going to see this? You're just going to hate it. Um, but, right, right, right. So does that happen for you too? I mean, do you have books that, that you love that you, go, that you go see the movie for and think that they got it all wrong? Or, or? Oh gosh, that's a great question. Um, I don't think I've ever had that experience well this um, is good it's not to say that i haven't it's not to say that i haven't i just can't i can't right now recollect something i mean i definitely i i, I don't think I'm, a, I'm the best audience member maybe in the way that you are when it's like the book translated to a movie i don't know because i'm an actor if i'm always the best audience member it it honestly takes me i get really excited about things, even if it's cartoons. Um, I love cartoons. I love animation. I'm a Disney freak. Um, they probably wouldn't want Disney me to, you know, I'm not the poster child for Disney because I just said freak, you know, but it's, I, yeah, I just, I love all that. So even if it's that, I get super excited. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm such a geeky fan too. I get, you know, oh my gosh, this person's in this and, and I worked with them briefly on this thing and my, you know, my family's like, well, you just stop it already. You know, I mean, I get really excited that way, but I don't know I'm the best audience member because it's hard for me just to lay back and just absorb and enjoy. And so if something is really, really good for me, that means that I'm able to just do that just get lost in it and not think about, you know, a shot, um, you know, so a setup for something or a segue or, you know, a line being delivered or oh. a moment or something. You know what I mean? Or even I, in stage, like in theater, you know, just like, you I, know, oh, I, I just, you know, it, yeah. So it, maybe okay. it's kind of that same thing like you're talking about. Well, you know, and I can totally see this. Actually, it's funny because a lot of writers have a hard time reading just for pleasure because okay. they, they keep seeing the way that the book is put together. And I, it hadn't, I hadn't actually even thought about that. But if you are an actress, um, yeah. you would be that way somewhat with movies. You'd be seeing it more more in terms of the, the technical things like a lot of us kind of fall into with books. Not me, by the way. Yeah, I, I have to yeah. say, as when it comes to reading, um, I can still, if it's a really good book, I can turn all of that off, thank God, and just still get lost in the story because... Well. Oh, yeah, me too. But I'm not, you know, a writer. I don't come to it like it from an author's point. But yeah, if the book is really good, that's, that's it. You know, I'm just, and that's, I think that's how I know something is really good, just like with movies or theater, uh -huh. um, you know, or audiobook even. And audiobook is so, the only thing is, is everything I say, of course, it's just from my perspective and experience anyway, you know, right. Um, but I found like just in getting feedback from people or reading feedback or talking to people about, you know, listening to audiobooks. It's such a personal thing. I think more than any other entertainment, um, any other enter enter entertainment thing, you know, it's, it's, um, it's like you either 
like the person's voice. It's either, and you might not even think if you like it or not, but, but it's, it's a voice that, you know, you can just get lost in a story listening to their voice, um, you know, or it's just, you can't, you can't stand it. It's, it's the cadence. They don't like the way they're, maybe it's, it's too choppy or it's the tone or, you know, maybe everything is going down and the da 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 da, and then it's putting you to sleep. But you know, it, it it it's just interesting. It just seems to be such an intimate, personal um, choice whether you like or you resonate with an audiobook narrator's voice on something or not. More than you know, oh, it's the story that that put me to sleep, or I couldn't get into the story. It seems that the audiobook narrator really has that effect on the listener. Right. Um, in my experience, anyway, yeah. No, that sounds about right. I can see, um, I actually worked on an arrangement with some, uh, I can't remember her name right now, <laughs> um, to do audio um, for my novellas that I did. And I was perfectly mm -hmm. happy with her voice. Like, I thought it was fine, but my Viking, you know, he, I hope you're not listening, lovely person, because I do love you. Um, <laughs> Viking did not like her voice. He was like, no, this is completely wrong for this character. And I was like, well, you know, it worked out. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, well, yeah. And very that's, interesting. And that's just it. You know, it's a casting choice, um, kind of like, you know, anything else. And, and I think it's, you know, it's interesting. The audio take on something is very much like, Maybe people in the visual world of entertainment, they think that they're hiring somebody who visually is, is looking, you know, a certain way in a role and you'll have audience members by the masses out there watching going, why did they choose this person? She's, she's too old or right. she's too young or, you know, right. or I, right. I wouldn't have passed her at all or, you know, and, and, um, I think it's just, it's just part of, you know, you were talking about, um, you know, the, the film and production and audio and production. And, and one of the things I'm, I'm really thankful for is, is coming to audiobooks, approaching it very much like a performer and approaching it very much like kind of the, um, you know, the book, the story is the star to me. Um, the author's words are the star and I'm just the supporting um, kind of medium by which the audience can can get the story, you know? I mean, they, they can either get it by looking at it and interpreting and reading it themselves, or they can get it by listening to me read it to them or performing it, really, these days for them. And it's such a small part of, you know, from, from, from getting the manuscript from, from the author who creates the story and what you go through to finally let it go out into the world to get a publisher to pick it up and a distributor and get, you know, the audiobook producer involved and to cast it. And then my part in narrating and getting the files back. And then you have the engineers and the proofers who are making sure that everything is, you know, I've pronounced everything right. I've said every word. I haven't left anything out. You wouldn't believe sometimes what get left gets my brain, like just let's go of that's actually on the page. It happens. Um, mastering the files so they sound that good quality that you get, you know, when you listen through Audible. Right. Um, and and then you know, distributing it to all the different mediums. The the MP3 CD, which of course used to be books of CDs, and then used to be cassette tapes. Um, you know, getting it to the hoopla platforms and the libraries. 
um, Audible, getting it out on all their various, you know, international platforms, um, you know, getting it listened to uh, on, uh, you know, all the marketing and everything you do for it, you know, Amazon, Audiophile Magazine, the Audiobook Publishers Association, which tries to get things reviewed and get them out that way. And, you know, and, it, and it's just, it's, it's so many people that are involved in that. It's mind boggling. And it's very much like, you know, what, what little I know, because I'm only coming from the actor's point of view, but what I, what I seem to know from being in films, um, you know, the actor, the artist, my part is such a tiny part on the spoke, you know, in that hub on the wheel of the actual uh, finished production. And well, I just try to look at it like that, you know? When when you list all of those people, I'm feeling like the author's part is a very little spoke on the wheel, too. It's like... No. It's, it's, <laughs> but see, you, your part is your book. Once you, you know, the thing that's so cool about, I think, what you do is that you create a book, and when you are ready to let it go out into the world, it's like, you're, you're the one-man band. You're the production. I mean, I, I know you probably have, or some authors might have their entourage of people, you know, the proofers or editors or, you know, people they can run stuff by and, and all of that. But, you know, and, and, um, and then, you know, publishing, people look through and they, they're going to edit and everything. But really, it's, it's, it's such a, a beautiful thing um, to create a story and to just go, okay, here you go. And, and it's out there for people to enjoy. You know, it's, it's really, it's really wonderful. It, I totally, I'm not going to say it's not. I, I feel like the luckiest woman in the world that I get to do this. Um, and I, yeah, I, I, yeah think, I get, yeah, I do too. <laughs> so one, one quick, um, I always like to ask everybody who is on the show that we are talking about, you know, creativity and the creative process. So for you, um, is there anything that does tend to get in the way for you? And if so, you know, how do you get around that? Well, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a great question. So I think because my, my creativity, I think like a lot of people are about to say, I'm going to be able to relate to this. You know, you could just say life, you know, life is general. But I'm a mom, like you're a mom, like there's a lot of moms or parents or, you know, caretakers, caregivers, um, raising people or caring for people in their home. And I think, you know, just navigating um, what I think a day is going to be <laughs> and then actually navigating what that day is. Right. Because isn't, it, isn't it like, you know, we can, we can say, okay, I just want, I just want every day to be peaceful. I just want every day to, you know, flow. And it's like, you know, life, and this isn't my metaphor, but it's like, you know, life is not just how, you know, you're in the canoe, right? And you're just paddling along the stream. It's like, it's going to be all of those twists and turns in the river. And it's, it's not just a matter of staying upright. It's a matter of like, how are you staying upright? How are you navigating your day? And so one of the things that came to me, um, which, you know, as I get older, I'm like, yeah, I know that. I know that. I know that, you know, just whatever. <laughs> Years of therapy or reading books or just life experiences. But I always think everything is a good reminder. And, and recently something um, came to me again. Uh, and, it, and it was that, you know, just to make sure that I block out time, even if it's in tiny little increments that are for me every day. Yeah. And as if like on, on the calendar, you know, it's just really important 
to put that in there and just to acknowledge when those times are because, you know, I just did that today. I'm like, okay, well, you know, sitting on the deck with, uh, you know, a soda water while my dogs, my German Shepherd dogs are in the yard being crazy and just sitting here, you know, for 10 minutes, that's my me time. Um, I'm, I'm a total uh, general hospital daytime television fan and I have been since <laughs> I was since I was in junior high school and I tape it and you know up in the morning with my first cup of tea and watching an episode you know I'm like okay that's my me time you know and and I think any time that I get me time is time that it's feeding you know it's restorative but it's also feeding my my creative process because then I also get to just you know, sit back and, and then the brain juices and everything flows. And I know that helps me then when I get back into the booth and I, and I narrate because I'm not tense. I'm not feeling like, you know, this is something I have to do. I remind myself that this is something I really enjoy doing. And you can ask any of the producer publishers out there who know me, you know, I'm one of the people, if I'm not working, I'm like, okay, you know, what's going on? Can you, <laughs> is this something I can do for you? You know, do you need to right. you know, is there a book you can throw my way? I've got some time open on the calendar because I just, I, this is, you know, it's, it's that it's, and I, like you, I feel really lucky that right. I, I work from home and I can take those moments and recognize, you know, that time and, be able then to um, also recognize how I really like what I do for work because that is, it is all creative. It's just me being me, you know, and bringing, um, not just, not that I'm, you know, it, it's just, <laughs> there's a lot of training and technique and everything that's gone into, sure. you know, me getting here. It's not just, oh yeah, just be yourself. But you know, <laughs> it is. I mean, it's like you, you know, we are, we are our product, you know, we are, we are our service. You know, it's, it's us that, you know, we're, we're giving, we're giving ourselves and pieces of ourselves in our work. We are. And I I think, um, um, and that is such a, you've said so much very wise stuff in the last few minutes. So I just want to, thank you. I want to run over that just for a few. So taking time for ourselves, um, even if it's just a few minutes, really, really helps to feed our creative process. It isn't selfish. Mm-hmm. It makes us better human beings. And then yeah. the other thing I just want to, you know, you used the word service just now. And, and I, I really want to, I'm feeling very strongly about that right now. So um, when we do creative stuff, a lot of us have felt over the years that it's selfish. I hear this from a lot of people, but, you know, I can't take that mm-hmm. time for me to write or do whatever creative thing I do because it's, it's selfish and people need me and mm. all of that. So, you know, this last few days, um, my, my mother's not well right now. She's had a stroke and my family's dealing with this situation. And it was a mm-hmm. reminder to me in that my very, very best way of coping is that I found a couple of awesome books that I just completely absorbed myself in over the last week. And actually, I'm going to mention them mm-hmm. because I have not read uh, Six of Crows by Leigh uh, Bardugo. I believe that's the last name. Can't remember. And the sequel okay. to that is The Crooked Kingdom. I am telling you guys, these if you like fantasy and you haven't read these, read them now. I actually nice. 
I actually bought the sequel uh, on, on uh, I wanted the hard copy because, well, I love paper books and I had Six of Crows in paper and it's beautiful, but I live in a town without a bookstore, so I actually got on Amazon and I ordered the sequel and it's like, oh, I can't wait until this comes. So the book just came today, but I've already finished it on Kindle. So <laughs> my point being that when we create, and I don't care whether it's, you know, artwork or music or we're writing books or we're narrating the books, we are putting this sort of healing uh, distraction um, ways of stepping into another world into the hands of all the people out there who need it. So none of it is selfish. Yeah. If you're called to do creative work, then that is your calling and you are not going to be a happy, satisfied person until you begin to live into that. I believe this right. sounds like something that uh, Terry also lives by and I know so many of you out there also are so those are my thoughts for the day this has been really terry we could talk for ages i'm fascinated by how everything goes but we're <laughs> well, kind of out of time the other thing i'm thinking that might be fun would be to you know get on together and do kind of a little uh, live broadcast sometime if um if we're feeling adventurous and we could let open oh it up. i love that and i promise i'll i'll, I'll be on camera <laughs> I, I dropped the ball on it and i and again and i, I am i i i uh, really appreciate you mentioned your mom and um i i'm so with you there in healing thoughts um, Thank you. because I've, I've been through, I've been through this with family and, and uh, I, I appreciated, um, so I'm on, I'm on your fan reader email list and, and I really appreciated getting that email today where you were telling everyone, you know, just basically this is what's going on in my life and kind of encouraging people just like you did, um, you know, to use, you know, their outlets available, um, you know, and, and keep creating. Um, and when I went through something similar with my grandmother, you'd ask, you know, we talked about writing, myself writing. I did. I just remembered. I, I have a whole notebook where I wrote this entire play that will never be published mm -hmm. um, because it was a therapy play, but it was just basically everything that was going on. Right. You know, and I would just, like you with your books, you know, I would just dive into this whenever I could. Um, you know, and, and, oh, and I do, I do play music. I do play piano and I, I'm a terrible guitar player. So there, there is that stuff too. You're also probably that outlet too. And of course there's music and singing and yeah. So I'm so with you on that and service. I'm so with you. Um, I, I find that I am the happiest when I remember, you know, first and foremost, what, you know, what, well, how can I, can I help you? Can I, what can I do to help you? Do you need some help? Um, or asking people for help. I think it's easier yeah. for us. I really think it's easier for us to offer help than to ask for help, you know? And I think it's just as important to ask for help because then it gives other people that outlet to be able to help, right. you know? And I just think that whole circle of service is so important to who we are, you know, and, and, uh, you know, to, uh, to help us just live better, you know, just live better. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally with you. That's beautiful. Um, it is the hardest thing asking, asking for help, but I totally agree yeah. with you because it allows, it allows us all to participate. We're all in this together. 
And right, we, right, right. we're all, you know, we have our joys and we have our sorrows and everybody that you meet is going through something. I think you can pretty much assume. Yeah. So, yep. and you're trying to get, you're trying to wrap this up and I'm blabbering on. I so. love the blabbering. <laughs> I, it's not blabbering. It's the, it's the good stuff. Okay. Um, <laughs> good, good. But good. yeah, we need to wrap up. Thank you, Terry, so much for being here. This oh, thank awesome. you. My pleasure. We finally got to talk, and we will talk again. So the rest of you out there, if you are listening, whether you think you are creative or not, you are. Take this opportunity to find some little corner of the world in which you can do a creative thing and go be creative.